welcome. This is Just a Couple Dudes Podcast, aka Jacked, with one of your hosts, Frank Lewandowski III. And I'm your other host, Eric Flattiger. And we're missing the third guy, the best but not least, Anthony Cole. Yes. And today, on our Good Man segment, we are going to discuss someone who is operating at a very high frequency and he does not engage in low energy behavior. Oh yeah, we we hope this really resonates with people because right now, I think a lot of people are focusing on these minute um, events or minute things that cause discourse emotionally. But then there's other big things that are really transforming the world. Yeah, you know, negative and, and positive. Like positive changes are happening, and you have to be aware of both. So we are excited. We're introducing Anthony Robbins, aka Tony Robbins. Um, I'll talk about how I found him, actually. I found him on, I, I think I found him on I Am Not Your Guru. Is actually how I found him first. Oh, that's how you found him? Yeah, I think nice. so. Maybe I knew him prior, but I forget. I, I like motivation stuff. I always have. Me too. And I just don't like the fake motivation. So don't be the guy on Facebook, like that guy that was so pretentious that just talked about having fancy cars. Yeah, I know. Um, he sounded like such a dick. Gosh, I forgot his name, but yeah. You know yeah, he's about? like, this is me with my Ferrari. If you want to learn to get he's, like me. He's probably Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Oh, Ty God, Lopez. Such a but I don't see him anymore. No, I don't either. What yeah. happened? COVID I guess he happened. wasn't. He went yeah. bankrupt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh. Tony Robbins. So I, did, I do research on these people, and I read books. I read one of his books. It's actually a massive book from the 80s. I forget the name of it. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? You can probably mm-hmm. see it from there. Yeah, yeah but, I, uh, uh, I first heard him just on YouTube. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, I was I listening think, to a compilation. I was like, who's this guy? And then it was like, Tony Robbins. I'm like, who's that? I listen to his stuff still. So I'm having a hard day or mm. I don't have the motivation that day. I actually put one of his motivation things on YouTube. And it just puts me in a better mood, better perspective. He's all about the mind. He's all about uh, turning negative things into positives. So he was uh, physically and emotionally abused by his mom. He didn't have a dad. He had many, uh, well, poor male role models, which are uh, plenty of, I guess, mom boyfriends that didn't treat him right um instead of becoming a victim uh he recognized the trauma that his mom caused recognized Mm. why she did it he still loves his mom understands that she did love him she's afraid of losing him even though she is physically and emotionally abusing him uh until he left the house and he has given back to the world he has fed um i forget how many people millions of millions um, starving kids he has uh help so many millions of lives with his uh motivational speaking his events his coaching program i think he has upwards of 18 companies 12 12 he's actively uh managing and he has a resume that actually speaks he's not he's not a magic show no right no and he didn't he didn't get uh he didn't acquire wealth from motivation you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of those fake guys, like we just mentioned, like people who, who all their whole thing is motivation. But I'm like, well, that's cool. But who are you? Like, what have you done? Yeah, what's you know, your resume? He built wealth. He built businesses. He healed himself. I think that's the most important. He kind of like healed himself emotionally and spiritually, and then you know acquired wealth and you know worldly things, and then got more into it because he's gifted oh, with yeah. the motivational. That's unbelievable. He he's actually so has gifted. a uh, he had a tumor. In his brain, which caused the uh, Cro Magnum look, right, which mm. caused a lot of that energy. And I forget the the scientific stuff. I had to look it up. But anyways, he had a tumor that had to be removed. I think he finally had it removed. But anyways, he found it, and um, he didn't find it until I think it was his forties. He found out, and that's one of the reasons why he has so much energy. He gets four hours of sleep. Uh, he's always been about like he, he gets four hours of sleep, which is crazy to me because he's I love eight hours. He's a giant man. He's humongous, um, massive hands, massive head. He's six foot six, something like that. Yeah, but he's a loving guy. Yeah, he could break your head. Yeah, because because he has these abnormally large features, and he's a big bear basically. Is what mm-hmm. he looks like. But he's full of energy. He's always smiles. Um, if you really want a quick way to understand who he is, watch the documentary. I am not your guru. It changed my life. Yeah, he, dude, he's really good. And like one thing that was really important that he talks about too is like he, he said a lot of people what they don't do is you wake up and you instantly involve yourself and prime yourself for the negative and for all the, the annoyances of life, the anxieties of life. Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get the kids here. I got to, oh, I don't want to do this. It's nothing but you wake up and you're just focused and you're entrenched in the little negative idiosyncrasies for the day. And yeah. it makes you feel bad. He's like, I wake up. 
and I spend 15 minutes. 15 minutes is not long. You could even do it in five. No. Spend five minutes priming yourself for the day. And when I say that, it's not just like close your eyes and sing Kumbaya. It's like actually, you know, reflect on what you're grateful for. Feel gratitude. Feel the energy and literally prime yourself and, and ready yourself and realize one of the reasons we call this episode low energy or like mm-hmm. low engagement, low vibrations, like prime yourself for that high energy, prime yourself for a higher thing and look at that other stuff that is an annoyance as low level, don't need to engage. And and Tony, you know, he's a huge proponent of that. Yeah, he... I'm telling you, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, he got, yeah. a couple, he got some, we'll talk about it. He got some hate a couple of years ago, but we'll explain it. Yeah, and he's um, not perfect, right? Like no, he's had a divorce. Exactly. He had a, yeah. you know, he had a, but his first one wife, the, it wasn't the best relationship. No. Right? His next one is better. He yeah. met her actually, I think at work. Mm-hmm. Like she worked for him. I think so. I think like she worked healthy, for him, yeah. Great sex life, right? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. He gets four hours of sleep. Look at him. He's, I mean, he's a stud. He's yeah. 60. Right? He's so loving too. Oh, He'll just cuddle you Big for hands. three hours afterwards. <laughs> He, uh, he actually had a pituitary tumor, and I thought that was right. I just didn't want to miss, misspeak yeah. because, uh, again, I'm in medical profession. So, we're like, well, how does he know what a you know, UTI is if he doesn't know what a pituitary tumor is? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you you're not a very smart provider, right? Yeah. yeah you can't people, get one thing wrong. Yeah, sorry. You can't wow. get one thing wrong. Okay, heaven forbid. Um, but he had an excess level of uh, HEH, human growth hormone. Okay. That makes sense. That's that why, sense he why he grew like that, right? That's why Barry Bonds' his hands grew. That's why his uh, yeah. head grew. Uh, yeah. There's no... Sammy Natural. Sosa turned white. I'm just kidding. Yeah, all right. And the corked he is bat. Now, right? Remember that corked bat in the yeah. middle of the field? Oh, How embarrassing. that was bad. That was and really bad. you see bad. Sammy Sosa, you're like, oh, man. He's like, juiced oh. and a corked bat? Yeah. You savage. But bro, with those home runs, get to watch. I missed them. Yeah. That's when I, I loved baseball. Yeah, Barry Bonds. Mark oh, I loved Barry Bonds. You couldn't, they Mark walked McGuire. him on purpose. He yeah. would have hit 120 home runs. Yeah. Barry Bonds was one of the best. He was the, okay, I'll argue this. He was the best hitter of all time. Yeah, I mean his his record reflects it. Oh, I, I mean he was the best hitter of all I mean, time. He used steroids, he was, but they all did. Who cares? He was he used HGH. So was Actually, name. probably the best just to hit a ball, like the mechanics of hitting a ball, is probably Hank Aaron. It just it just goes it goes back, but not better yeah. physically, obviously, because yeah. he didn't hit as many. Anyway, I'm just talking the year that Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. Yeah, you could not pitch to him. The only ones that could were very left-handers that could throw 102, like Randy, Randy Johnson. Johnson. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Because um, when you're Go. left versus left, it's all about where the ball angle is coming in. Barry Bonds was so lethal. I mean, literally, he hit so many birds probably in the air because yeah. he was hit so many out of the park. And McGuire, dude. Oh yeah, but Mark McGuire was fun, right? God, his neck cool. was just throbbing <laughs> with steroids. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like his head was. And now explode. he kind of looks like a like a potato. <laughs> yeah, well, he looks like a saggy skin because he was he's not yeah. in juice anymore. But uh, God, we went all over the place. We we did, well, but shit. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> HGH, human growth hormone for Tony Robbins, but that happened because of his pituitary. Yes, so that's, uh, that's why he has yes. a very uh, large forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands. This way, has this huge growth. Um, that's why he has this tons of energy, right? So he had a condition that was a tumor, and um, uh, he also had an issue too where he was uh, eating so much tuna yeah. that he had oh. excessive mercury poisoning for years. Really? Yeah, because he was all about eating very clean, right? We've and been, tuna's, I mean, well, was well, it canned tuna or is it like ahi even, tuna? Even the good stuff, it doesn't matter, right? Really? So you got to understand that it, he was eating tuna daily. He had mercury poisoning, which affected him neurologically, right? Mm. And we're finding out more and more and more that... God, we need another episode. We can talk about diet, nutrition, all this stuff, and the healthiest diet, blah, blah, blah. But um, tuna is is infested with mercury, man, because of the way, where they're coming from. A, it's farmed. Yeah, uh, true. B, the ocean is not taken care of as much as it used to be. Um, it's massively fished, and we're running out of fish is actually a problem, right? And so you can't eat tuna daily. We, we don't even recommend tuna to pregnant females mm. because you can get mercury poisoning, and then you have birth defects to babies. Yeah. Like it's serious, right? You can't eat canned tuna every day. It's long term. It's not going to cause good good things. So this guy, I mean, no matter all the obstacles he's gone through, he healed himself. Is what we talked about. He has written books. He um, one cool thing he did very early on, when in the eighties or nineties, he was a young guy. He went to the army and he said, "Hey, look, I know you have a training program for your special forces for pistol training." He's like, "I know it takes two weeks. I can do it in three days, wow. and I'll do it for free." Uh, all I ask is that you uh, give me the chance. I'll save you a ton of money, and I'll get their skills up even better. 
and he dropped the course. These are like special forces operators and got their efficiency up, their scores up, and they learned faster in three days. And he taught them how to shoot. Wow. Again, this guy's not a marksman, right? Yeah. Tony Robbins is all about the power of the mind. Mm. So Tony Robbins is someone that is a generational type person. And he, if you watch him in I Am Not Your Guru, and this is why he got in trouble with the Me Too movement, right? He said you don't want to identify by your victimization. So even though you have had something horrific happen to you, right? You've had something like rape or, you know, I don't know, gang rape. It's just horrible things. And Frank, right? You know, Holocaust victims, right? You, it's okay to understand that you were victimized and it would, that you um, need to identify that your trauma happened. But do not do not identify forever by that. That's what he's saying. Because he, he says that I was traumatized with physical, emotional abuse by my mom. But I, I actually called her and thanked her. That was one of the things is I'm not your guru. He's like, if you're going to blame your drug addict dad, which he does to a female on the show, you need to also thank him for the smart, beautiful woman you are today. So I used to victim be a victim for how I was raised. I was like, oh my God, I could have better parents and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I turned out pretty well. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever blame my parents for anything. I wish I had a little bit more guidance. My biggest regret, bro, is that I didn't play basketball in high school. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. that's my biggest regret. I, yeah. I vented about it at the wedding. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I was actually really good at basketball. People don't understand how good I was. Yeah. I was the one of the best one-on-one players I've ever met. To to this day, I'm actually probably yeah. pretty good. I'd probably tear an Achilles because I'm 31. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I've only been beaten in one-on-one like a couple times in yeah. my life. Like... Anyways, um, but I quit after freshman year because I didn't want to run around the track with Coach Trout. Yeah. Like, I was like, why do I run around a <laughs> track to like, throw up? Yeah. Like, this isn't, and he, he's a little, uh, he was like a Bill Clinton looking Bo guy. Bo Jackson was like that too. He did not want to practice. Really? Allen yeah. Iverson wasn't. Yeah. But he always showed up to game time. Always did. Same with Deion Sanders, I think. Yep. But uh, yeah, so, so what is Tony Robbins, right? So you got to look at him. Did he say something maybe a little bit insensitive a couple years ago with the Me Too movement? Like, because Me Too movement was good, right? That's why Epstein went to jail. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, the thing with anyone like a Tony Robbins type or anyone, even in you know, I talked about this on an Instagram video a couple like a week ago. You can't do what we're doing. You can't do. You can't put out content. You can't talk. You can't give speeches and motivational talks or do weekends like Anthony Robbins or do a podcast like this without saying something that someone's gonna pick out and choose to not like or something may come across out of context or maybe with the context it just wasn't the smartest thing to say but you talk so much it's like but it's when it's recorded it's different you know and so and And i don't i don't like how tony robbins has a lifetime of helping so many people and literally one of the biggest things he does is he treats trauma victims he tells them that don't live by your trauma we can heal from this you can be stronger you know i talked to someone recently and i said uh, she's like, oh, this person from a past relationship destroyed me. Destroyed, yeah, me. I've heard that. And I go, you don't give them that power, okay? You're a phoenix that's rising from the ashes, okay? You are not forever beaten down by that trauma. That's what we need to talk about is trauma, right? You don't, you heal from it yes. and you grow from it. You yeah. transform. That's what a phoenix does, right? Mm. Phoenix rising, what, I just love the phoenix. Like yeah. even living in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Mask up, phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> get it baby but you can't always identify by your diagnosis you can't always identify by your trauma you know i've talked about my traumas and i'm like hey i had ptsd i had depression anxiety all this stuff it's gone because i healed trauma i don't care what the title is you can't make it a you can't let anything be a crutch no the only title i live by is i'm a human being yeah well and that i was gonna allude to that dude humans so like those people who say that i'm like you're a human and let me tell you how powerful a human can be. Just look at history. There are stories of, of women, let's go with women, women from history who literally like bore like nine children mm-hmm. during the Great Depression, during the Dust Bowl. If you lived in the Midwest, the Dust Bowl was like unbelievable winds, destroyed farms, destroyed the economy, killed any kind of independent farmers, a lot of male suicides. Men lost everything they had, committed suicide. Yeah. So there are these females who would have like nine kids. You lose your farm. You lose your husband. You're a widow. Back then to be a widow was the worst thing in the world. Like people just, I don't know why. It's like the most screwed up thing ever. You would like look down upon widows. And they would get, they would live lives, dude. They'd get through it. And it's like, okay, you had a really bad, shitty, abusive boyfriend. But you like, you're a human. You can heal yourself. 
don't let it be a crutch. Like it's so good to identify like, oh, that's what that is. It's abuse. Yeah. I've, so I've heard um, people, people want to be it. heard. People mm-hmm. want to be heard, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to understand that. Yeah. People want their feelings heard. They want to be uh, valued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've dealt with the deepest, darkest depression there is. Yeah, man. So if someone argues with me about depression or depression, my depression is different, that's fine. But it's not a contest to say that your depression's worse than mine or your anxiety is worse than mine, right? Anxiety, for example, we live by these diagnoses. And I, when I am in the clinic, I actually don't diagnose people very often. Like I say, you know, they might have a sprain, right? You mm-hmm. really need an MRI to see that. Yeah. So I'm not going to put on it that you have an ankle sprain because it might come up on your military record. It might be something you fight later, like a buddy of ours, right? Yeah. Tendinitis. Yep. Why did they just say arm pain? Yeah, I know. Like it's just the same thing. in the shoulder. That's what I say. Shoulder pain. That's how I diagnose things. Very generally. Because I'm not, I'm not here to identify you. I deal with people in crisis all the time in urgent care, actually, right? Technically, I can't even code for that because anxiety, depression at the urgent care is not what we're supposed to see. You mm. need to go to the ER or a psychiatric urgent care, but that's what I see. So I have to look at them as shortness of breath or, or you know, fatigue, lethargy, um, whatever, palpitation, stuff like that. And I talk with these people. And I have these conversations where I'm like, look, man, I had a conversation with a patient recently. I go, you've been on Lexapro. How long have you been on it? Lexapro is SSRI, right? 15 years on and off. I go, okay, all right. So you're going to therapy or you, or you, you have a good psychiatrist right now? Yeah, I actually got a really good. I'm like, that's awesome, man. I just, I just want you to know that uh, it's not serotonin that's your issue, okay? And this is a five-minute telemedicine call, 10-minute. Yeah. I go, were you abused? Because I'll call people. Were you ever abused? And he goes, yeah, I had some abuse in a childhood. And I go, okay, so you have some trauma, right? Are you working on that? He goes, yeah, I'm finally actually working on it. And I go, well, this is awesome, man. Because I really hope that we can get you off this medicine. Because he, he was without his medicine for four days. That's why he saw me. He had massive headaches from what's called serotonin withdrawal syndrome. Okay? These medicines that we put people on, Lexapro, Paxil, Zoloft, all this crap that we just throw pills at people, it damages your brain. Yeah. It damages your body and has negative consequences. Yeah, you don't have um, a drug deficiency. Yeah, we talked about this, and sometimes we repeat ourselves, but it's so important to talk about. Yeah. Because I try to just, I try to empower people. So even though there's people that have been through way worse than me, way worse than mm-hmm. both of us, Eric, right? Yeah. We had pretty good childhood. I had two parents. Yep. Nasty divorce at 16, but I had two parents that were there for me. They went to every basketball game. Did I get a hug every time I, sh- I made a basketball or a shot? No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get a trophy when I lost either. Okay. Like I, you know, if I lost a game, I, I wanted to be better. Mm-hmm. My dad would tell me every game you could have done better. I don't remember a good time. A time my dad gave me a good job. I'm not a baby about it. I just tried harder. Yep. You know that we gotta, we gotta stop, like recognize the, the areas that need to improve, but also recognize the areas that are working and recognize when things are improving. Right. Mm-hmm. We had so many things recently like the Me Too movement. I didn't know that uh, that related to Jeffrey Epstein a lot, and that's why he went to jail. I wish he was alive so he could rat on other people. Now his mistress or his wife or whatever is It was in his jail. girlfriend. So now she's in jail probably she's because not of Netflix. Yeah. Right? How cool is that? So Netflix is putting out documentaries that first are really good. Yeah, they, they do some good stuff. I even thought, you know, I mean, I'm more on the conspiracy you side of me. things. Yo, you tell but, me. But, you know, I think they did a good job with the Epstein doc. However, I thought it was like a puff piece because it just Ooh. goes so deep, you know. Yeah. And it's I, easy to it's easy to put. I think Andrew Schultz said this. He's like, it's kind of funny. He's like, they put everything on the dead guy. Like, it's so easy oh, to yeah. then, because he can't refute a thing. No, I can't put refute Put it all on the dead guy. Yeah. Then, Not the network around him, but just put it all on the dead guy. They kind of went after the prince because he was so obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they went after Bill Clinton. Like Bill Clinton said he never been to the island. The mechanic on the island said he saw him multiple times. Yeah. He also was on a chartered jet with Epstein times? 26 times. Whew. Eric, I haven't gone to the grocery store with you, man. I haven't been to the bar with you 26, 26 times. I know. I've known you, you know, four years. years, one of my best friends. Yeah. So really odd. I don't fly a lot. Again, I'm not a world traveler. But... Uh, yeah, and then you got, there's so many things. I like the documentary, but they did dismiss the death so easily. Oh, yeah. They they were like, well, it makes sense. You know, it's a, it's a badly run jail. And yeah, yeah okay. that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> the same one that I think, I thought El Chapo was there. Yeah, he was there. And he lived. And I think he, no, yeah. He was, Didn't he live? He, he lived, lived, yeah. He's in jail now. He's in yeah, prison. they don't care about him. He's just, 
Yeah. Whatever. He's just the drugs the is head that's of the that's easy. It's the pedophiles who are like really protected. I man, I'm so disturbed how common it is. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's been in history for so long. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. I wish there's more psychiatrists to talk about. Like, what is this disease well, or this condition I, that we I have definitely this? want. So anyone who's listening to this coming out soon, I have pages and pages of of like notes and statistics that I got from reputable sources, but it's really hard because you know you get some stats, but you kind of have to confirm them with others. But you kind of have to draw the parallels between human trafficking and, and pedophilia and just child sex abuse because pedophilia actually just focuses on children under 12, and this happens all the way up to kids under 18. But we're going to come out with a several-part podcast, at least two, I think, to really unpack all this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it is like, dude, it's awful. It's good. It's so, so bad. I, uh, we got to talk about child trafficking. We got to talk about yeah. child health. Because men play a huge role in this. Well, men are the ones, yeah. right? It's, it's not women yes. uh, raping little kids. Well, Not some, really. Some. Maybe some, right? Yeah. But it's such a low amount. Yeah. It's mostly men, right? Well, we yeah. Can agree on I that. mean, men are usually the abusers. And the child traffickers yes. and, and all this stuff. But uh, anyway, so we got to talk about... We I had a post recently. I talked about Gabriel Fernandez. It was a very yeah. moving documentary. I watched all of his... It was absolutely disturbing. Um, I never thought I'd think of something that was like almost as bad as the Holocaust or something. It's like the worst thing in history well, to me. Well, it just tugs at those kinds of same... Like, holy shit, this but, happened? But this cute little Hispanic kid, like seven years old, such a yep. cutie pie, right? Beautiful smile. Yeah, and he looked so happy when he was with his uh, grandparents. Yeah. That were so good. And you could just tell his mom is so psycho. Oh, just like, listen, yeah. she's so fucked up. Yep. And yeah, she's been raped and all this. And, and what's weird is the double standard of his mom and then the guy. You know, we want to blame the guy. Like, why is she not dead? Yeah. She yeah, was well, just as uh, guilty. As yeah. the as the step or not the stepdad or what do you want to call him the boyfriend? I mean, yes. this poor little kid was tortured, tortured. Yeah, tortured. And I don't use that word. Tortured, lately. tortured. Yes, murdered. The only time he had a safe place was at his school. Yeah, which his teacher kind of tried to help. You know, she wanted she. It now, seemed like it's only from a documentary perspective. Yeah, exactly. We're so just my opinion, people. I worked with. Here, it's called the Department of Child Safety. So I worked with an agency that was contracted by the Department of Child Safety to work as a parent aide. So when children were removed from the home, I would facilitate the visits. I would meet with the, with the parents for one hour a week to work on yeah. parenting skills. And we did also. So I, I've kind of, I'm a little more familiar than maybe just someone who hasn't been in that realm. Um, but it seemed like this teacher, I'm also working in education. Um, so I can kind of students. bridge. Yeah. Can you talk about that? You're a dean of students yeah. at a large school system, right? Yeah. So our okay. charter school system is one of the largest, definitely the largest in the state. We have a okay. ton of schools. I think we have like 25 schools. So 25 schools. Uh, but we're in, in four states. In we're in like Michigan states. and Ohio and Arizona. How many kids go to your school? Um, my school specifically, we have like uh, like three hundred. Okay, it's so a smaller, smaller school. But this is a this is disadvantaged kids. Right? This These is a kids. title. Yeah, so we're like a title one alternative status. What does that mean? So title one's like, um, by definition, it means seventy percent or greater of your student population fall under a certain socioeconomic threshold. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So, so at, we get free at, we get free lunches and free breakfast. Oh, good. That's we awesome. we get all this. Uh, we we can get different grants of funding because we serve a population that is like you could call it underprivileged or mm. below a certain uh, economic line. So obviously, kids struggling. Right? Kids struggling. So Families that need yeah, broken families. Yeah. You talked about how you Big didn't time. see one two-parent household, right? Oh, like, usually it's it always forever. usually a one parent. Usually, uh, kids are bouncing between. I was living with my mom, now I'm with my uncle, then I was with my grandma. I don't, a lot of homeless, we just got a homeless grant. We got like a big homeless grant because we we have so many children who are homeless, uh, we qualified for it. We actually built, with one of our homeless grants, we built a laundry facility at our school to wash oh, wow. kids. And we got another grant to give kids um, backpacks with clothes so they have shoes, Shoes, shirts, pants, socks, underwear, deodorant, shampoo, you know, all the amenities that they would need. So that's our community. That's where I work. And my background before that was with Department of Child Safety. Well, with an agency that's contracted. Was it tough? Very tough. Talk about that, man. Rough environment. What was, give me a really tough uh, scenario or give me like your typical day. 
working oh, with DCS basically, which is Department of Child Safety. It's not even called DCS anymore. It's called something else, right? Well, it is, it, it it is DCS. It used oh, to be CPS. Oh, CPS. Yeah, yeah. Child the, Protective Services. They have to change the name. They had to change the name. Yeah. yeah. So Department okay. of Child Services now. Um, CPS. Yeah, kind of has has a bad rap in Arizona. These people, by the way, if you work for DCS as a case manager, they have it so rough, dude. Like they have four. Sometimes they have forty. Uh, 40 kid caseloads so they're looking after 40 kids like so they would be getting emails and phone calls from me as just like a parent aide and they couldn't get back to you for several days you call them voicemail box full like dude they can barely keep up so how so a kid like gabriel fernandez it is mm. so hard yeah. you know although his should have been elevated like there's very At easy least one signs exam should have been elevated yes should have been elevated so what we need uh and what's so sad in that documentary is all he needed was one exam. So we're taught in the emergency room, right? I start in the ER soon. Is when we see, we are actually uh, legally liable as medical providers that when we see someone that is suspected for abuse, whether it's a woman or a child, uh, we are going to have a, an official evaluation. And right then, we, are a, we have to report it or we can be sued, which we should, right? Because that's our responsibility. Yeah, yeah. The sad thing about Gabriel Fernandez is... He had cigarette burns. Yeah. He had multiple bruises. He had old fractures. It was so blatantly obvious that in the amount of times he had bruises, uh, scabs, abrasions, all this stuff, you cannot be that manipulative that the mom was that convincing when she seemed like a drug addict mm-hmm. in the video. That um, neglect is what happened by the healthcare system in California. And all of those people should be held responsible. But yeah. all it needed was one emergency room visit and that would have been stopped. Yeah. Because right then, he would have been taken away from his mom. Because well, it was that blatantly The obvious. signs are there, man. I mean, I've been trained my whole life. Like, whether I was, when I was working in, I used to work with high needs uh, behavioral health kids, uh, outpatient as a behavioral health tech and behavioral health, uh, what we call the behavior coach. And so I did, you know, I was kind of trained. I went through so many trainings on how to identify signs. I have worked with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of students now at the high school level. So I've worked with so many kids and I've had plenty of signs where I've had kids where they showed, you know, evidence of like cutting, right? They had the scars or they had different stuff. I've never in my life seen a kid with, with the injuries and the stuff that this kid uh, had been showed in the documentary that his teacher had saw, social workers had saw. It was sadistic. I couldn't believe it actually. It was, it was just like, and I'm not an expert in this, but it's like, wow, I could not, I actually couldn't believe what was happening. And then, um, so yeah, dude, when you're working in social work or if, when you're working with like the department of child safety, there's so many hoops and hurdles that I feel like, like, dude, like some of these social workers that were in charge of him or a case manager to him, they couldn't do a follow up because they weren't allowed to do overtime. Oh yeah. Or And like things mm-hmm. like that. And it was just like, I can't believe the utter failure of this whole system. And it, it was at the expense of a child's life. Literally, a kid's life was lost because of uh, neglect and just not follow through. Mm-hmm. It was so sad to see, dude. Um, and, but to get and back, social work is one of the God. They're they're draining. the most kind, loving people. Yeah, we treat yeah, this yeah. profession like absolute garbage. The social work is is notoriously known for a master's degree, right? Yeah, yeah usually over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I've heard as high as two hundred fifty thousand because I listen to financial, and they make fifty thousand. And you if go, you're lucky. And all you deal with is child abuse. You deal with, um, I was a psychiatric nurse, so I was able, I worked with psychiatric patients inpatient, um, and I would read all their profiles. It was so sad. Everyone was raped and abused. All of them. Even the nasties, they were all raped and abused. And these are all adults, just jacked up. Well, but yep. the social workers were a big advocate for them. And mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of resources for psychiatric, homeless, uh, drug addiction um, patients, right? We yeah, don't. We don't. It's so sad. Man. Well, the, the saddest thing about abuse statistics or, <clears throat> sorry, statistics is that not it's not even just the number of like, oh my God, this many children and people are being abused. It's that the numbers of abused people become abusers. Yeah. So, so it's like, a cycle. So mm-hmm. like Gabriel Fernandez's mother had been abused and yep. she became she was gang raped. User. Yeah. You remember that? She was gang raped. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean yeah. like dude, that doesn't it, R. Kelly. It. R. Kelly was molested was as he? a child. Yeah. yeah. And it's like but it doesn't it doesn't excuse, but that's the culture of abuse, man. We when you're to touched yeah. by abuse mm-hmm. 
especially if like you talked about treating. So if you've been victimized and you've been abused and you don't treat it, you don't, you know, look that thing, embrace it, look it in the eye and start working towards a better tomorrow. Basically mm-hmm. you, you might become, you know, it, I, who knows what it does. It's just dark. It's dark, you know, and we're not experts or anything, but it can be very dark. Um, so to tie this back in, so we, you know, we're talking about like high frequencies, low energy, low engagement. So one thing that, you know, we were talking about, you know, Frank had posted something about Gabriel Fernandez through his forum, the Jack forum, stuff like that. And I've addressed this before. Um, social media, low level communication engagement. It is so hard to make a point, to talk. And we try, we post, we use it, right? We have to use mm-hmm. social media. It, it's a necessary evil. We, it's a necessary mm-hmm. evil. But and it has positives. The worst thing, yeah. and it does have really good positives. And and usually I'll say this, a lot of the engagement that we get is pretty positive. But we also get some some haters, you get the negative stuff. But yeah, when you try to like then... 20%. Yeah, it's right? important to look at it and be yeah. like, dude, this is low level engagement. I don't want to put my time, or at least I'm not going to put my emotions into it and be like... And, and let it mess with me, you yeah, know, because so, you just can't, you can't respond because yeah. it'll just be a paragraph of whatever they feel like versus a paragraph of you trying to, well, can you go back and this is what I meant? And it's like people just dogpile. Yeah. It's just a low form of engagement. We need to stop engagement. the mob mentality. I'll give a quick example. So I posted a video with Senator Rand Paul and I have a buddy that's a, a physician locally and this podcast is going to be live soon. It was, it was great. It was a Zoom call. I talked to him. I kind of took it a little personal. You know, I was like, God, is he coming at me? And he's got really good points. He's a physician. He's a smart guy. Um, I think personality-wise, we're both type A people. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like boo, 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 boo. And then when I talked to him in person, man, it was like the friendliest, coolest conversation. I was like, man, he's got good points. You know, and like sometimes I had a good point, but it's really hard to have a good conversation with a paragraph on Facebook. Yeah. And that's what we have to understand. So I'll only go so far now and I'll be like, hey, look, I value your opinion. I don't care what your title is. Um, I have titles. I don't say them. Yeah, we all care. have titles. I don't care. Whatever. I don't need to be a father or a parent to give uh, advice about children's health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, at the same time, I don't need to be a medical provider to give uh, advice and opinion on COVID. I think everyone should have a valid opinion, but we should listen to more experts than just a few. That's what I think, right? And when I had that conversation with him, over an hour, dude, we could have went longer, but we're just busy people. Um, Dude, it was an amazing conversation, man. Like, I got upset at my dentist uh, for not, one of the dentists, I actually never met her, for not brushing, not cleaning my teeth, right? Mm -hmm. I took it personal. I was like, well, you're a medical professional. Why wouldn't you want to clean my teeth? I need it cleaned. I'm following CDC guidelines. I treat COVID every day. We're all exposed every day. It's at the grocery store. It's everywhere in Arizona. Who cares? Yep. It's everywhere. Try to hide from COVID. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't. Wear a mask, please. Social distance. It's everywhere, guys. You can't live under a rock. It's impossible. But anyways, uh, it, it, it upset me. And then he gave a good point. He was like, he's like, well, man, you know, based in Italy, right, where Italy really had a hard time, they're like, a lot of the sickest people were from dentists because it's in they're doing they're in a lot De- dentists, ENT physicians, ear, nose, throat, um, hygienists because they're in the mouth, the nasal cavity, right, where a lot of it become these droplets would spread. So I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of a good point, I guess. I was like, oh, I didn't think of that, but I wouldn't have been able to get to that understanding without talking to him on the Zoom call. Yeah. True. That's the problem with these social media things. It's like these conversations, you can have the paragraphs back and forth, but it takes four to five back in volleys, I call them, until finally you go, oh, wow, I do see that point. Well, how many times have you been like texting someone? Then you're like, I got to call them. I, I'm not yeah. going to sit down for 10 minutes no. and write this out. And then this is literally, you could spend five minutes writing something you can say in 10 seconds. You oh, know, dude, like I'm, it's just so and it's exhausting of, uh, typing and like I I reread my post before yeah, like, I post what is it, it five times yeah. before I post it right I posted about Gabriel Fernandez and said that this type of violence and abuse is increasing while kids are um, remote learning one, remote learning whatever yeah I got hate because I'm well, you not use a, the term uh, homeschool instead yeah. of like remote learning, and I think that's all semantics. And yeah, it is. It's all it semantics. Is. So again, verbal jujitsu. Yeah, people just want to be angry. Yeah. And I go, okay. I said I'm actually pro homeschooling, yeah. but there's a lot less families that have the ability to homeschool and provide that great environment, which I'm pro. Yeah. But I'm talking about Gabriel Fernandez that was locked in a closet next to the bedroom. 
He was, I think he was sexually, physically, emotionally abused. Every type of abuse. He was burnt with cigarettes. He was fed cat litter. Was found in his stomach. So that is happening right now. Patches of hair missing. That's happening right now because you're okay that you think it's okay that your homeschooling's great. Kids do not transfer COVID virus. That's the science. Kids do not get sick almost all the time with COVID. I see it in my clinical practice. Yeah. I, I know it here. 22 European countries have opened up. American Academy of Pediatrics have recommended for schools to open. Germany, which is one of the best countries in the world with their COVID response. They're such an amazing country with their medical field. They got over the COVID crisis very fast with a prompt response, a quick lockdown, and then a staggered opening, which is the biggest problem with America is that we didn't have a really good solid plan for reopening. But anyways... They opened up schools for the young kids because they knew very early on that young kids, is it's a worse risk to be at home and not develop, to not get, get food like at your school, Eric. And we're both, we're not, I don't want to say experts, but we both have real life experience well, more, with what's going on. We're both working in it. And like, I've been literally, called out. Your job and my yeah. job is this subject. Yeah, I got called out for not being a parent. And I almost argue, I think I actually care about kids more because I'm not a parent, because I'm not biased. A lot of parents are biased. Well, in the realm of sending kids yeah. back to school, you don't have a bias as in like, well, I got to get my kid or I don't want, you know what I mean? Like you're going to no. have some kind of bias. If I that. had kids, yeah. they would go back. That's what yeah. I say. They, there's, I'm not scared of COVID. I'm scared of a kid having a speech issue, not yeah. being able to see a speech therapist and not develop. Well, and I've, dude, and you know... I'm the dean of students, right? I work in school administration. Like I, I don't even know what dean means, man. I never even heard that term really. I was like, it just sounds fancy. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know. I guess you compare it to like a vice principal or assistant oh, okay. principal. That's the type so of role. So you don't have vice principal? Uh, no, we don't. Okay, so that's yeah. what the dean is that's basically? That's basically, yeah, dean okay. of students. So I run, so we have a we have a principal and then you have like uh, the dean of students, right? The vice principal, you deal with all the heavy issues, man. Yeah, and so I'm I'm seeing, you know, a lot of teachers who are who are saying stuff and I'm like, and parents, and I understand lots of concerns. I get the whole concern about reopening, going back to school. But I was like, look, first, first, a lot of these emotionally charged arguments I'm seeing, the teachers and the parents that I'm seeing, I'm just, I can only speak to what I've seen on like social media, which again, this is the lowest form of uh, communication. So I'm not taking it as to heart, right? Mm-hmm. I take it with a grain of salt. But what they're saying is, it, se- it seems like they're coming from a point of like, there's no protocols in place. And I can speak firsthand. Let's talk about those. And be like, yeah. there are protocols in place. My school in particular has protocols. This, The plan that my school put forth um, is pretty sim- similar to what the, our entire district as a big charter school system is going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's also aligned with what I'm seeing a bunch of districts wanting to do and talking about doing. Dude, we're talking about... 50% of students reduced on campus, a hybrid learning environment. So we're talking so like cool. morning and afternoon sessions, A and B days, every other day, half day, stuff like that. I love that. A hybrid answer. A hybrid, dude. That's what I'm saying. You, maybe even for young kids, you yeah. do a hybrid answer. Yeah, shorter That's what I'm school saying. day. I, I'm just, I'm not okay. The best answer is not to just shut it, shut it down. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. And the thing is, Eric, I'm right. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm right. I have enough evidence. So the people that argue with me, are arguing with, I hope, good intentions, but you just don't know what you're talking about. And I don't care if you're a teacher, mm -hmm. you have good intentions. You don't treat COVID kids. You don't understand the science. You teach a history class. So I'm not going to tell you how to teach history. So don't tell me the mm -hmm. science, the medical science. Yeah. Right? There's a reason why the leaders in pediatrics, the American Academy of Pediatrics, recommends them to be in school. But maybe we have better answers like a hybrid school format. Yeah. And and so I'm seeing teachers who are like basically like I'm not gonna walk into a school and not be you know, and be unsafe and be exposed and I'm thinking, well, if first you go to of the grocery all, store, any, you're exposed. I know, I know dude. That's so the that's the craziness. It. Like do you ever leave your house? Yeah. You this is the thing about COVID, man. People don't understand. We can't stop the spread forever. No. It's going to spread. We have to understand what's the most efficient, safe route for the entire population. And one amazing thing would to be to build the armor around you. That armor is your immune system. 
Yes. So stop just like yeah. duck and cover. How Gosh. about no? How about we build an immune system and we know how to do that and we can literally look at hard evidence and data that shows a stronger immune system having immu- not even just having the immunities like all the little things that your immune system does mm-hmm. to attack the foreign, right? So like I heard this doctor he was talking about it. He said, "Look, a virus what it wants to do, it, it's a piece of life, right? Life wants to multiply." It needs yep. to replicate. A virus out in the air, it cannot replicate. It cannot uh, you know, become more. It has to get in a host. It gets into a host. It can then start replicating, replicating, replicating. And then your body, your immune system sees that and goes, oh, shoot, no, this is a foreigner. We don't want this. You know, Go go attack. And it sends all the stuff to go and attack it, right? This is the layman. I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is what I heard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... That's your immune system directly working. You need to build that. You need to make it stronger. How do we do that? Better metabolic health, yep. being a healthy weight, mm-hmm. you know, um, exercise, being hydrated, getting good sleep, like getting all the vitamins you need. Mm-hmm. Protect yourself. But that's, dude, I'm just hearing duck and cover from everyone. That's the that's the part that gets me. Because we can't even agree on what's healthy, actually, which is the health. Um, it, it's changing, and we're going to have more podcasts on this as we go because these become very emotional things. They right? do, yeah. So me and Eric both believe that if you eat meat and veggies that are organic, you're going to be healthier. Meat yeah. and veggies, you can supplement. It's going to help, right? Yeah. I don't care if you're carnivore or vegan, whatever. Put Keto. them together. <laughs> Stop eating the processed foods, the mm-hmm. vegetable oils, the sugar, the fake sugars. You'll be, don't drink like a fish. Don't smoke cigarettes. Um, there is no difference from a Snicker bar and a cigarette. Mm. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to find out. There's no difference from a soda and like, oh God, probably three cigarettes. That's how I would say. Because mm. I know plenty of smokers right now that aren't dying of COVID. Yeah. It's actually really not attacking smokers, which is bizarre. Really it's crazy. attacking, uh, <laughs> and I don't know, they're figuring out why and whatever, but this virus is attacking America because we have, we're the second most obese country in the world. A lot of our elderly are not healthy. They're just stuck in nursing homes and have a very poor quality of life and a poor immunologic based system. Like they are not healthy elderly, right? They're not farmers in their nineties that are in the dirt that are building their immune system. These are like an 85 year old that has dementia and doesn't remember to eat. And, you know, we keep them alive on drugs, but they're, you know, what's their quality of life? And Mm -hmm. a lot of those are the ones dying, right? The average age of COVID death was at one point was like 80 something. The average age of death was older than the average length of life. Oh gosh. That tells you. So obviously it's elderly, diabetes. If you have diabetes uh, and your sugars go up during COVID, you have a seven times higher chance of dying. Pretty high. Okay. So if you have a child that has type 1 diabetes, which is true, now you have a lot of, because a lot of kids are sicker earlier on, which is so sad. Yeah. Like the Pima Nation. We have the highest uh, diabetic nation or group of people in the entire world in Arizona. It's the Pima uh, Native Tribe. I think it's it was 98% diabetic. Wow. Oh, so you gosh. have diabetes by like age three. Oh. Okay. And that's what a poor group of people. Like I wish we helped the Native Americans more. Yeah. Like it's so sad what's happening to them. And the tribes here in Arizona have really suffered. And they're dying at like 40, man. But, you know, you see the age 40. Wow, that's young. But you can understand they've had diabetes for 35 years. Yeah. Like yeah. let's get them healthier. Let's reverse diabetes. Let's, let's bring... Uh, the Native Americans, let's bring them, you know, they shouldn't be stuck on land. Let's open up, uh, you know, the Indian hospital or whatever they call that thing. IHS is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. Indian, Indian Health Services, they yeah. call it. And I'm sure there's good people that work there. I know a few. But let's open it up so that we do more research on the Native Americans. Because they used to be the healthiest people on earth when they're hunter-gatherers. Mm-hmm. Right? And now, because they were shut down on, you know, it's the saddest thing in the world, dude. Native Americans. I love Native Americans. Like, they are still, like, some of the nicest people they're stuck in the land they have casinos there uh, they don't have good grocery stores they need a sprouts oh Whole yeah foods. Dude. i'm going on a rant no it's no it's true though it's it's all mm. it's all true man it's yeah. and the thing is that we wind up having these discussions rather than in person it's on facebook it's on instagram yeah. it's on twitter i don't do twitter because i always heard i don't it's have the twitter most either I, I hear it's the worst yeah. So I won't do I've it. never had. Oh, actually, I had Twitter for like a month. I deleted really? it. This is like 2011. Was it bad? Uh, and then, 
yeah i hate i didn't like it. i never used yeah. it and i just I like instagram because it. it's like rainbows and stuff yeah and then uh a lot of people are like you know what well, social media platforms is jacked on i'm like oh yeah facebook page we got an instagram and then we're doing you know whatever they're like are you on twitter I'm like no and they're like you, you have to be on twitter no i'm probably not gonna budge on that one yeah it's I, just too much well it's let's go much. back to that really important thing so me and me and eric are pro opening the schools i'm sorry i went off i just i've been i'm feeling so good in life yeah but uh so you were talking about cutting the schools to a hybrid program. That's such a great answer. It's probably better in general. Let's let's be in person plus online school, right? Yeah. So they're held to they're still learning because I don't learn well from online. I can. I'm a self starter, but I learn better. I learn. I'm an auditory learner. Yeah. If an instructor instructs me on something and you have my attention, it's locked in my brain forever. I'm also a visual learner and hands on. Like you can tell me how to put an IV in, right? Yeah, like an yeah. IV in a person. I, I'm horrible at skills until I do it. And then I'm I'm fucking rocked, ready to yeah. go, man. Like that's how I learn. So kids, not all kids can learn from online learning. No. Just as not all kids can learn from the traditional education model. So maybe a hybrid method's better in general. Yeah. And the teachers, we love our teachers. A lot of my family are teachers. You should not have thirty five kids in one classroom. No, it's too many. And we we were doing as many as like forty. It's crazy. That's a lot. That's right? a lot. It's so and, much, dude. It's bad. They're not paid enough. I get no, it. No, and teachers. then they came out. I forgot when they came out with this, but the federal government, you know, Department of Education says you have to do at least in Arizona, you got to do 180 days of school. It's like, how did you come up with 180? I don't know. And on top of that, these kids are in school 180 days times a seven-hour day usually. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, what are there's they a number learning? of minutes, dude. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. I don't even yeah. know how they come up with these arbitrary numbers. I'm not sure um, either. But yeah, man, I I just. You know, and there's always, there's never one answer and it's never, you know, you can't just be, but. But talk more about the COVID stuff, man. So you got a hybrid model. You're yeah. cutting the classrooms down to half size, right? Yeah. pretty That's yeah. awesome. It's like Less restaurants are yeah. open. Why can't a school be open? Yeah. Restaurant can have the staff wear masks. You go to Walmart. Right? So the teachers wear masks, right? Yeah. The staff yeah. wear masks. Yep. Because those are actually the ones that are more at risk are the elderly teachers. Yeah. Or the staff that's not healthy, right? Yes. Which we just discussed why in certain conditions that put you more at risk. We understand that kids don't transmit the virus from adult to kid or from kid to kid as much. If they do happen to get COVID, uh, they actually um, do really well. And it's usually like a mild cold, usually. Now, is there the one kid that dies from it out of, you know, I don't know, 10,000? I don't know the stats. Yeah. But if kids were dying of it, it would be all over Fox News. Oh, Guarantee yeah. it. It would be dead but kids, kids everywhere. die from the flu, man. Like Actually, more year. kids die of the flu. Thank goodness, because I couldn't handle seeing a bunch of dying kids. That would be so hard on us. Oh, it's yeah. easier seeing a 90 year old grandma die when it's their time than it is to see a three year old that still has their whole life ahead of them. Yeah. So, another thing you're going to do, Eric, uh, with the classroom is you're going to be washing the classroom three or cleaning it like three times a day. Yeah. There's a bunch of different cleaning measures right now. It's like, so we're going to have, you know, we're looking at doing like a morning session and then like those kids leave. And then there's like an hour of like cleaning and wiping and doing stuff like that. And uh-huh. then it's like, you have an afternoon session, but in between all that, you know, the protocols are like teachers need to be, you know, all desks and computers that are used have to be sanitized. They have a special sanitize, uh, sanitization cool. for that. And like all those kinds of processes, yeah. you know, that's good. On top of social distancing, only like two kids in a bathroom at once. Like, yeah, uh, they timed everything so that there's not a bunch of kids in the hallway at the same time. Like, there's a lot of good. like actually like doable measures in place. Maybe not all of them are super. You know, one of the negative comments I saw on the the Facebook thread that you had posted was like, you know, what is it going to be like? Just kids in bubbles and in you know plexiglass walls. I'm like, no, man, you can't just run. Like, you can't just hear one thing and then you hear protocol and then you hear and then you think the most extreme situation possible you know and is some of the stuff maybe a little silly like do you have to wipe down the door handle after every use probably not that might be a little silly um and i think we just need to understand that hey do the best you can yeah, you know, yeah. do what makes you feel better that's fine uh the science is it's not really transferring from object to object yeah it's exactly from, and that's why i mentioned that you know like okay so wash your hands but please don't Please don't like make your hands bleed and raw. From no, washing don't and sneeze in your hand and no. then touch someone. You know, our body is not a countertop; it's an ecosystem. Meaning yep. that good, bad bacteria live together at the same time. You yeah. need a good balance to it. There's more bacteria uh, in us, fungi, than... parasites, viruses all the yeah. time. Um, I think what we're learning from COVID is that there's all these viruses that happen, like Kawasaki disease. Let's talk about that. I've seen that a few times. So Kawasaki disease is an inflammatory process related to a virus, right? Usually a virus, and kids can die from it. Okay, they get like a strawberry tongue. They get Ooh. red, uh, red like conjunctiva, 
I may not say certain terms right. Sorry, I'm yeah. I'm just a West Valley hey. kid. But uh, anyways, you get like these bright red eyes. Okay, really painful. You're uh, you get a rash on your palms. Okay, a high fever, difficulty breathing. I've seen it. It's like they can die. Um, could it be related to the coronavirus? Yes, but it's also related to a bunch of other viral processes too, right? So again, if everyone's like, well, all these kids get Kawasaki. Well, you know, again, if one kid dies, does that mean we suppress the other million from going to the school, right? That, all I'm saying is we have better measures at these schools. We need to have that conversation. My buddy Brandon Lawrence, MD, He's on another podcast we released. It'll probably be out by then, right? By the time this one yeah, it's going to be released Obviously. next like, week. Okay, so next week will be released. But uh, he has a company called Wealthy, W-E-L-F-I-E.com. They're coming out with an application that families are going to be able to download where they can talk about contact tracing, which, again, everyone gets all upset about that. But basically what it is is if mom and dad are sick at home, uh, you know, kids might be asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic or mild symptomatic and then spread the virus, right? Mm. Well, if mom, dad, grandma are sick at home, maybe the kids shouldn't go to work that, go to school that day, yeah. right? Maybe they should learn from hybrid learning or whatever, right? Yeah, and we yeah, shouldn't, yeah. we shouldn't beat them up for truancy mm-hmm. and 180 days they have to be in school. Yeah. Like, um, there's good things out there and that's what I was trying to promote. I was trying to promote Eric, you, man, you're a stud. You're a principal oh. at a school, you savage. Yeah. And you, you're you having teachers that are trying to speak up that don't know what they're talking about. Like, they genuinely just do not know what they're talking about. Who will reference that they're a teacher. And I get it. Multiple times. We're pro-teachers. A lot of my yeah. family are teachers. I, I hope love you get teachers. paid more. I hope you have a better classroom. Yep. Arizona struggles with education. A big part of it is that our teachers aren't valued. I'm hearing you. If you're 65, you're a teacher, and you choose to go back, do not blame the system for opening again. Because if you don't open, how are you going to get paid? These well, kids are suffering. I know that was another thing. People were like, well, we can't open, like, we can't open, can't open, can't open. I'm like, well, we got to open at least remotely because, like, people won't get paid. Yeah, you, you like, have you to. You won't get paid. Bit. Yeah. Actually, like, I said that to someone. They're like, I just don't get why my kid has to be remote learning. Why can't, why can't they just open? I said, well, they're going to do it remote because, you know, the teachers and faculty won't get paid if they don't. She goes, I don't think that's the reason. And I was like, Oh wait, I'm not just theorizing this. I am telling you they won't get paid. And and then some teacher chimes in and she she goes, "I was just on a Zoom call. That might be one of the reasons, but it wasn't the main one." I said, "What's the main one?" And then she sends me a, you know, a screenshot from like this uh, Google slide from from her Zoom call with like her district or whatever. Uh-huh. The number one thing that's dotted on there was like funding and paying issues, interruption in payment and benefits. And I was like, if you don't think that the interruption in payment and benefits is the reason that like they're not going to open remotely, like, come on, like there's how many teachers in Arizona? Thousands and thousands. Yeah. Like that'd be a lot of people at work. It'd be a lot of upset people. They're going to open remotely regardless. But it's just people yeah. who like talk out of their ass and they just like they reference a title. Well, I'm a teacher and this is what I'm seeing. I, I have full in conversations never once dropped that I'm the dean of students. And you have a higher title. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, like, I know. You technically have a higher title. I have a higher title than most people I argue with on Facebook. Yeah. And I don't bring up my title. You don't bring it up. I don't. I'm like, I'm like, I got called out because I'm not a parent. I go, I go. I go, okay, and this I, I'm not going to call him by name because I challenged him to come on the podcast, so we'll see if he does. Yeah. But he, he frequently goes in all my posts and attacks what I say, yeah. and usually he's not well-referenced because he doesn't read the entire post, and no, then he just says always... I try to create attack people. I go, well, actually, you're coming on to my posts yeah. that are well-reasoned, well-thought-out, well-articulated, and I am the expert out of the group of people in the comments, and yeah, I yeah. do not say my title. I tell you, hey, man, I do treat children daily in the urgent care because most children are you know mild symptoms so they're not going to the emergency room i see them in the urgent care all the time i see them all the time and i'm always talking to parents i'm talking to teachers i have teachers that are scared because they're like i can't talk because the leaders of the teachers union or whatever are being very angry and are getting mad and they're saying if we go back to school we're suing i'm like oh my god you got these teachers are like yeah i see all these kids suffering i'm not it's not just five-year-olds suffering it's oh, 16, dude. 17, eight, yeah. 18 year olds. They're not productive at home. No. And they are getting into trouble. Like kids need structure. They need support. And unfortunately, I wish more families were able to homeschool effectively. I wish all homes could homeschool. Oh, yeah. There's I great. Wish. That's why I said to him, like, dude, there's awesome homeschooling uh, yeah. curriculum. I think, yeah. you know, I, Please I, do I, it I'm a huge proponent of, proponent of homeschooling. However, like, 
I'm also a huge proponent of school choice, which is like the ability to choose your school, choose how you want to educate. But that does. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the entire state being under some kind of remote learning because we're so terrified to open a school. Uh-huh. And I see the argument from a lot of people is like, well, until there is a 14-day trend in down a downward trend in cases, we should not open the schools. And I'm like, I don't know that like. That's not the good argument. That's not really the best one. I you, just don't. I don't not see the best it. Argument. No. Do a hybrid answer. Like it's not all or nothing. It's not a binary topic. This is a realistic problem. Why are the with malls realistic. open? Why is anything open? Right. That's, that's what I'm I talking know. about. I'm like, I'm more. Why is the freeway open? I don't understand the gyms, bars, nightclub. How do you put a gym with a bar and nightclub together? Gym and the bars is, are still open, by the way. Yeah, because I see people they serve going food. Up. Yeah. That's okay. But yeah. the gym can't be open because we're no. trying to be healthier. Yeah, and uh, even with and they they're why can't falling. I just wear a mask at the gym? Like yeah, basically the way I was doing it at the gym is during the workout, which again I'm secluded usually within six feet of people. I bring my mask down to breathe more effectively. Yeah, I walk around with the mask on. Yeah, like that's as effective as you can do in the gym. Don't go to the gym if you have a fever, please. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, do we need to check, check temperatures at the check front? temperatures? Okay. Do it. The CEO of Mountainside Fitness, the guy's actions tell you he's not just about money so the amount of people i've argued with physician i argue with physician really smart guy and he's like that guy's just about money i go do you personally know him yeah. did you know do you know how many how much he paid his employees two months without working paid him because he cares about his employees all his employees love him he said i know his workers don't want to work there i go that's not true because they wouldn't work there They're, yeah your workplace does not demand you to work. You don't, if you're a teacher, you don't have to be a teacher. Go do something else. Go deliver mail. Yeah, just like physicians, providers, like, get go work at Staples. Like, hey, it's open. Go yeah. be an Amazon driver. Amazon's hiring a lot. Yeah. Like, you, we are not forcing you to go to work. Like, you're not going to be able to sue the state for opening schools. That's a dumb, no. like, what a waste of a lawsuit. No, it's not happening. That's silly. Silliness. Now, if kids were dying of COVID, and it was more like the Spanish flu, where a lot of victims were under five, God, I would, I would say, yeah, kids need like, to yeah, at the let's home. keep it closed. Let's please do that. That would be really sad. It, it's just you know, it, it's kind of like what Tom Hatton said, CEO of Mountainside. He was like, it's arbitrary what we're doing. A lot of stuff's arbitrary. I don't know. Yeah. There's not. It's not evidence based to say Home Depot, Home Depot can be open. Yeah, what's but essential? a gym can't because the gym is way more chance to spread it there than Home Depot. I'm like. Or I'm really confused. Now, now they're now they're admitting that fifty thousand people that were congregated together in Los Angeles, yeah, s- caused a spike. And I go, yes, that's called common sense. A virus doesn't care what protest you're doing. Does not care. It doesn't care who you are. Nope. It all it cares about is that it can replicate. Yeah. It cares that you're a host, which means that it can replicate. Right. Which is we are a host to this virus. The virus goes in, it replicates, and it doesn't stop until it cannot stop replicating, right? And finally, you have like California is still spiking too. Big time. So stop saying their governor's doing a great job. Like I get Governor Ducey could have done better with, uh, you know, better reopening measures. Right? Well, yeah, Ducey's he been, done better. he's like the king of like vague, oh, vague, Yeah, vague answers. And I'm like, I think this guy's sitting here like, all right, well, I want to please my business owners. Yep. I want to please my uh, voters. I want to please, and unfortunately, he got to Arizona where we were uh, the hardest hit. Yeah. And we didn't get hit at all in April and May. Like it was very light, dude, or March and April. We were so dead and the ERs and the hospitals were begging patients to come in. Uh, hospitals were furloughing. Do you guys forget yeah. this? It was a few months ago. Yep. I was going to uh, lose my job at Thurgeon Care. Six locations. It's like 70 people or more or 80 people are going to lose a job. People have worked there 10 plus years, have families. Yeah. We were scared. Like we we're going to lose our job. And um, now I'm seeing so many patients that I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. Patients are ruder than ever. Yep. They have no patience. They want to argue with you. They want to demand they have one bad experience and they write a quick negative review, even though the next nine are great, but because they have that opportunity to trash people online. Entitlement, the negativity, man. right, is, you. is atrocious right now. Dude, I, it is, and, and again, it's this low form of communication. It's low energy stuff, right? Yeah. And so when you engage in that, it just it creates more toxicity. It creates more negativity. It's like everyone, because of social media, because of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we all have a voice, because we all have a voice, we all engage. And when everyone engages, 
in the lowest form of communication, it tends to just be negative. You know, and yeah. so then everyone's salty, everyone's shitty to negative, each other, right? it like, sounds bad. Like when I talk to my buddy Brandon, man, he's such a smart, cool guy, dude. Yeah. Coolest cat ever. Blue collar, background, like worked fucking really hard. He was 15, he's been working 30 hours a week ever since. Like, um, this is a cool cat, right? Like yeah. not your typical physician, yeah, right? Yeah. He introduces, introduces himself as Brandon. That's like, awesome. And he's a, he's a fucking medical doctor, yeah. MD, right? Like the ultimate degree title, a super smart guy, saved a bunch of lives and shit. Anyways, uh, but kind of fucking lose my train of thought sometimes, man. How long have we been on this? I know we're about we're about an hour. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, I'm good for an hour. But basically, when we were having these discussions online on Facebook, you know, he would challenge me, I challenge him. Like you said, it comes off negative. It comes across negative, and like he wasn't right. It's just how the words come across, even my words, right? Sometimes it seems like I'm attacking, but I'm not. I asked him one time. I go, he called out, you know, Arizona for how we reopened, and he's totally justified. I go, but you know, hey, how what would you do? And I'm asking in that tone. Yeah, but, not, but people take it as like, take what, it as, would, like you what would do? you do? And I'm like, no, I want to hear what he <laughs> yeah. would do. And then we have this hour-long conversation in person. And it's like, man, this is fucking awesome. That was great. I wish more people talked like this. Yeah. And if you're going to challenge me on my posts more than a few times, come on here. Well, let's have it, you know. Yeah. Okay, it sounds, it seems like you really want to talk. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's but, talk. Yeah. Make some time. I'm a busy dude. But dude, some people are. don't. And yeah. it's not It's not even to be negative either and be like, well, come talk to me. It's like, okay, I would rather speak to you in a better forum than this. I just don't like this. It's not good. And so that's what we were talking about too. High high frequency. So what is high frequency? We talked about Anthony Robbins. We've talked about you know a lot of different people. I view myself as trying my best to engage in high frequency stuff. So I try to, like, I'm looking at how good can I be? How much better can I be? What are my, you know, not just goals and aspirations, but, you know, I'm trying to to learn as much as I can and to not engage in this low-level crap. Like, low-level argument on Facebook, Not I'm, I'm not going to deal with it, right? I might poke in and ask a few questions, but, you know, it's it's like, the people who just engage in the low energy stuff, they engage in the low vibrations, right? I know that sounds kind of hippie, but it's like you're engaging in this this little small shit over and over and over and over again. So you're always there. Professionally, you're going to be there. Romantically, you're going to be there. In your relationships, you'll be there. With with anything you do, you'll always be there. If you, if you kind of break from that, and focus on a higher vibration, a higher energy, higher frequency, you know, set your sights higher, you will aspire to that, and then you'll see the low level, and you'll, you'll scoff at it, you'll laugh at it, like, I, I'm, I'm even there now, dude, like, I, I see stuff now that would have made me very upset, even just a year ago, but definitely three years ago, and I see it now, and I laugh, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's not even, it's not even on my radar, it can't be, because it, it'll keep me there, and I don't want that, you know, I want I want to move on and upward, and so that's why I was the main point of us wanting to kind of do this episode yeah. today. It's it's tough because a lot of people, you know, I'm trying so hard just to to speak for people that don't want to be canceled, that don't want to have people angry yeah. at them. I know who I am. Uh, I have my life mission. I literally identified it on this podcast yeah. by accident with you. My mission is to help as many people as I can while I enjoy life and. Yep. Uh, if I receive hate and I have people that want to argue with me, I'll go only so far because my time is valuable just like anyone else's. Um, my intentions are good. My intention of that post at Gabriel Fernandez was to say, hey, when kids are stuck at home and the schools are shut down, abuse skyrockets. And I feel for the Gabriel Fernandez or the next one. And even at the end of that documentary, there's another kid that was abused and died. And yeah. so when you say just to shut schools down because of COVID and you think you're being uh, an advocate as a parent or teacher, just understand who else you're not advocating for. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to advocate for the voices that aren't being heard. And I am a medical provider. I am a son. I am a brother. I have a niece and a nephew that I love very much. I love all people. I don't need to be a parent to have an opinion. And if people are going to hide behind their titles or their identities, um, then your argument's not that strong. No, and I'm glad you brought that up too because, you know, I don't have a background in any kind of medicine or nutrition. However, I feel like I'm a pretty healthy guy. I'm a healthy weight. I'm an athlete. I work out. 
I do some research. I, I can read stuff and I can have an open mind. And I think a lot of people, they just, they revert back to, well, yeah. I'm a teacher. I'm a nurse. That's I'm a fine. medical assistant. I, I value you, know? you. I value your opinion. Yeah. When you are wrong though, it's okay to not double, triple, quadruple down. That's what we do in yes, politics. Yes, That's the yes. weakest people going to politics, it seems like, or the biggest egos, right? So I have, we need ways to check the ego at the door. And at times I've been wrong. And I'm the first one to say, you know what? You're right. That's actually a very good opinion. Um, and if you want to discuss it for, further, we have this podcast. It's growing. Uh, you know, hopefully we change one life. Hopefully we, you know, have people that enjoy this and it makes a difference. Because I keep having people that thank me for my posts on Facebook. Genuinely mm-hmm. thank me. Mm-hmm. I have people that message me and thank me. I have people in person that are thankful for the podcast. So I'm going to keep taking these uh, arguments, these uh, the hatred that comes towards me, the battles, the accusations. I'm going to keep having people be angry and negative, and that's fine. I sleep fine at night, and uh, I know my intentions are good. Yep. And that's what I mean. And if I genuinely hurt someone, not just because uh, you know, you're, I don't want to say snowflake, I guess that's overused, but just because you're... Um, your ego, right, is affected. Uh, I'm not sorry for that. I'm sorry for genuinely hurting your feelings because maybe I misspoke, right? Yeah, we all say things and, that you uh, might be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I didn't I really mean, mean for it like that. It was just an emotional charge moment. Yeah. There's yeah. times Martin Luther King, I'm sure, said things that wasn't the <laughs> nicest, but he's still <laughs> right. one of the greatest people to ever <laughs> yeah. live. Nelson Mandela, one of the greatest yeah. people ever. Gandhi. Like, you think Gandhi didn't raise his voice ever in his life? I oh. mean, the, you know, we're all, we are human beings, yeah. right? And that's why we need to have compassion, we need to understand people. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, this is a good episode. This man. is good, man. Did you feel good? I feel good. I yeah, feel so good. we are four opening schools with a hybrid answer. Um, you know, if you want to uh, check us out, we are on Instagram, we yep. are on Facebook, we have a website called jackedpod.com. We got big things coming. We got a podcast room. Yeah, it's that's coming. being created. Um, we're doing more Zoom calls to be more safe uh, if people don't want to meet in person. Again, we do value the in-person because we feel like it's a, a better conversation. But I've had Zoom calls that have been great. Yeah, so. I've done the Zoom stuff. I like it. I I always like sitting down with people, though. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's the thing, too. Even, you know, there's this big push for, uh, you know, Zoom and telemedicine. I do telemedicine. Yeah. And you get a better experience in person. There's so much communication that is taught, that is said without words. And you don't get the same, even with, um, this is a sad thing. I was talking to a a counselor recently that they make kids, just a child and a therapist wear a mask if they're in person. She said, I can't even do that because I can't, the child can't read my responses because I'm wearing a mask with the child. The child is not able to depict the words because they're not developed yet. So for you to wear a mask and the child to wear a mask, the child is scared. They don't know. you can, like. I literally have to take the mask down with kids sometimes because they're so scared of me. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like these children do not communicate that way. No. And we're not understanding. It's not so simple as in, let's just do everything via computer and, t- and make us even more distanced. And like I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life in general, right? Because I'm having more real conversations. I have the best friends in the world, the best family in the world. You know, for me anyways. Yeah. And we're growing and still spending that quality time. It's not just social media. But I'm also on social media a lot. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I'm doing both. I'm doing I both, know. baby. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying both. Yeah. That's what's good. So check this out. You can go to jackpod.com or you can just look us up on Spotify, Jack's Podcast or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, Podbean, pretty much anywhere. You find your main podcast. I got uh, one last quote, though. Can I say it real quick? But we got a quote. All right. Daddy the, quotes. The one who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been before. Albert Einstein. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I, I always like liked to go against the grain uh, ever since I was a kid. And it's not the easiest way to live. But as soon as the topic's brought up, I, I like to challenge things and not in a way to make people upset. It's just a way to learn, grow, and maybe even improve. And it's just the way I think. So, I don't know. It's a struggle to live, but it's good to have people like that. Because if we just all thought alike, well, it would be pretty boring. Very boring. We wouldn't accomplish as much, I don't no. think. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this is great. Uh, we'll see you guys. All right. Bye.